Blog Talk Radio. Leslie and Tracy, and we are here to uh, remind ourselves to say yes to spirit, (laughs) and we hope by doing that, we encourage you on your spiritual path. Today, our theme is change, so I can predict this will be a lively, interesting (laughs) show, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. Last week, we talked about stillness and... um, I did not do my homework assignment. Oh, you say you had a homework assignment. I to have talk a, to your sister, right? I had a homework assignment to talk to my sister, who's been been an ordained minister for thirty years, and recently, a couple years ago, got her doctorate. Her, and we were going to talk to her about stillness and the perspective of different theological groups around stillness and the divine and something. But um, within us all the time. But uh, I got busy, and we didn't have that conversation. That's cute. So there'll be an update at some future point. Very good of you to say that. You know, it's interesting when um, I think about homework, it has that word in it. Work. Work. (laughs) And we should try to change it, too. Just something I might choose to do this week, right? I'm well, when you say it on that word work, ever since it we comes talk up about every work. week now. It does. It's like I'm obsessed. But anyway. Well, anytime that you it's have a homework list. assignment, uh-huh. we'll call it self-study, self-study or opportunity to uh, learn. Deeper enrichment. Deeper, going deeper. I like that. Uh, okay. We'll call it something else. But see, I don't have that issue with the word work, so <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Oh, my goodness. Homework does not have to be a struggle. It can be educational, mm-hmm. interesting, enriching, fun, deepening. Yeah. yeah. Was, you're That's looking it. at me oh like those are good words. It still works, but it still works. So stillness and change, can we connect the dots between the two of those like we try to do? Have to. That, that is exactly right. We have to. We do it every time. Is it a requirement? It's, it's a ritual. Um, you know, I can remember growing up, we would do certain things around the holidays a certain way. You know, we would like to get the Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving and put it in the garage for a week and then put it out the next weekend and then put the Christmas tree lights outside the house the next day. And so it was very formalized, the ritual that we went really? through. Really? Oh, my goodness, yes. So it's not my fault that I, <laughs> that I like rituals in certain ways because, you know, yeah. there's... Uh, it's important to follow the ritual that's been laid before you. And we always talk about last week connecting it to this week, but I can't connect really stillness to change. I tried to think of that earlier. I have nothing. So there you go. It's up to you to connect it or we just have to move on. <laughs> well, since you're the one who always makes that connection, but I didn't realize that's, like, why. Because usually for me it's, okay, we got a new topic, let's go. And then, you know. So if you can't make the connection, there is no need for us to do that. There's no connection, no connection. And see, and that would be, perhaps that would be the connection, that we would change <laughs> that beginning ritual. Ah, there it is. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> we can change. I'm glad I know you. I'm so glad I know you well enough to say you're sick. <laughs> you are sick. And this is not sick. surprising to those who know and love me. But yeah, but that it would be a change to not do it like we've always done it. 
on a week and when we're talking about change. On a week change when is what? Change is hard. Haven't you heard that? Didn't you get that? Don't you read? <laughs> Even good change is hard. Who told you that? Do you believe that or are you saying that's what people say? No, that's what people say. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. Yeah. I don't agree with it. Yes, yes. Always. Most yeah, of the time. I would say always. Sometimes I do. Yeah, most of the time I don't agree with it because most of the time I get to choose the changes and then I'm excited oh, about wow. them. Oh, wow. See, that's... And when I don't choose the changes, then change feels challenging. So we could talk about that. What's the difference or how do you approach change differently when it's your choice? Or when circumstances versus when circumstances change or people require something different from you, it's outside of you, right? That is creating a need for you to change, push, push, push you into change, right? Um, yes, push or encourage, guide, guide or create yeah. the opportunity. You have all these warm, fuzzy. <laughs> Feeling words. Well, that's really hard. Change work. That's really interesting. I had a good week, really. I don't <laughs> think about that, but that for me is is the biggest one of the biggest examples of how I have changed from twenty five years ago or thirty years ago or the environment growing up that I don't even frame things in the in that kind of negative push force mm. way anymore. It, those aren't the words that come to mind. Oh, language, love that. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't think I've really consciously noticed that until the last two or three weeks that we've been doing this show. Mm-hmm. And so when when the idea of change comes to mind for me, the first thing that comes to mind are all the good changes, how much fun change is. It's exciting to do something new. You know, variety. Love it. Um, and even when I think about the one times when I've been responding to circumstances that I didn't choose, you know, 99%, I don't think of it as hard. I think of it as, well, okay, it's not what I would choose, and I need to do what I need to do, yes, which is an acceptance kind of thing. Snowstorm out there, freezing, being pushed forward against your will. No. No, that's just me. That maybe not just you, but but no. No, that's good. So um, we are going to have a really interesting conversation today, I can tell, change. about change. So let's take a one-minute break. If you're listening and you need a cup of coffee, you know, go get your coffee or a glass of water and get comfortable as we fasten our seat belts and go into change. Just say yes to spirit. Okay, okay. Nobody's noticing but you and me. I think those who stay with us every week. Yes, yes. My ongoing issue is just say yes to spirit. So let's start with a devotion about change. And as I was reading this through the break, I thought, you know, this does talk about how on what I just said, the change, even good change is hard. So 
That's great. Well, the devotions are written by you. I'm consistent. And they are your perspective <laughs> on the world. They do not express the opinions of Tracy, this radio station, or others. <laughs> the title is Change. Working in alcohol and drug treatment centers, we spend lots of time preparing patients for life after discharge. We talk about the possibility of people who loved them resisting or sabotaging their new recovery. Everybody plays a role in the disease of addiction, and when, when one person gets healthy, it causes change for everybody. Others may resist the change and try to keep the status quo of dysfunction. I have noticed as I become calmer and more at peace, there is a part of me that misses the dysfunction I used to live in. I have a hunch God is bringing more and more peace into my life, and an old part of me feels the discomfort of change. Even good change takes getting used to. I understood today I need to make a conscious effort to embrace the calm and peace. I imagine soon calm and peace will feel as natural and comfortable as fear and anxiety used to. Yes. Yes. And that kind of speaks to like there's a process of changing. Yes. That change is, is, is many times a process. And I've heard Reverend Petra at the Center for Spiritual Living talk about you know, it needs to be a bridge sometimes from one to another. And sometimes we think in our minds that suddenly I should, you know, once I get into a new way of thinking or understand Christ consciousness or understand the power of my thoughts in co-creating my life, that change should just occur. Right. And especially, you know, when you take that con- the concept of change your thinking, change your life. Right. <clears throat> and you think, well, I've changed. I'm ch- I've changed the way I think. My life is the same. Well, yeah, there needs to be a bridge. There's that whole thing about change. Maybe starting with how you think about things and how you approach things, but then you still have work to do. Mm-hmm. Work. There's your word. You still have a process to follow. You still have a bridge to build. You still have new habits to create that support. The whatever that change is, right? And I do think, um, you know, there's a lot between making the decision to change and having it be your normal way, your new normal way of being in the world. And that could happen in an instant, but for most significant things, it happens over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So. But your reference a little while ago to, okay, so your family had this pattern about the holidays and decorating for the holidays and preparing for the holidays. And it's like that's automatic in your brain now because year after year after year, right. that was the sequence and that was the process. And and even months before you did it, you were planning for oh, it. Oh, yeah. to it, right. So if, when you decide to change that, the old one is still in your mind. The old pattern, the old habit is still in your mind, you know, and it's going, no, no, we don't do it that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is the day after Thanksgiving. Why aren't you out Where's shopping? Where's the Christmas tree? Right. Yeah. We're, we're not out cutting down a Christmas tree. I mean, what what is the deal here? Uh-huh. And even if you say, well, I've decided not to do that, you know, if you did that for 18 years, probably for the next 18 years, that's in your mind. So when we make changes every day, I mean, if I use that as an example and I decide that um, every morning I'm going to meditate, but for 40 years I haven't meditated every morning, when I wake up and say, I'm going to meditate this morning, there's that tape in my head going, oh, no, I get to sleep 15 more minutes. Why are you waking up 15 minutes earlier? Forget meditation. We sleep till 7.15. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, building that bridge becomes important. And it is kind of an interesting thing, too, uh, thinking about the reference of recovery in um, working in the 12-step program. There's so much kind of uh, a a pattern that I have followed in my life and I've seen in other people's lives when when we first make a dramatic change, like we get sober or we stop compulsively eating or we you know, do look at getting involved in in some real major life change. There's kind of a pink cloud that happens initially. We kind of go on a high. Things sort of 
we're like, oh, this is a whole new way of thinking. It's a whole new way of living. I'm so excited. This is so wonderful. And then we hit this wall. Mm-hmm. And for 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 me, for me, the uh, change. You want to call it the test of change, or you know, the, the commitment of change, of staying on that bridge and not going back to the old way and saying, well, this was a bunch of bull. Because I do think, um, as you said, certainly change can be overnight. And if you know Eckhart Tolle's story, he had a very clear experience of transformation from one day to the next. But most of us have a different experience of change, and it's, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. And when you hit that wall of when a new behavior becomes even more difficult and harder and more challenging to stay committed to, do we just revert back to our old way of thinking or do we really commit to the change, commit to the journey? We can use journey instead of work or, you know, commit to the new um, the new way that's, that's different because we don't know it, but sooner or later it will become our way of life. I like journey. Journey. Journey is a good word. Sorry, it's a word for food. <clears throat> that, that we can use with Leslie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. <laughs> but journey is a good word. And, you know, I don't know. I think about it, it makes sense for us to be thinking about the big changes in our lives, you know, when in reality we adapt to small changes all the time almost mm. without thinking. Mm. We're driving in our car, and we notice that there are a lot of brake lights up ahead, and we decide this would be a good place to make a right turn and go over to the next major street and try that. And that's a change in what we were planning to do. Maybe the the path or the route we go to wherever we're going all the time but that was we didn't agonize over it. We didn't fuss about it. We saw it as good for us, so it was a choice we made. But we don't, you know, all the while that we're driving, you know, from Preston over to Hillcrest because we want an alternate route, we don't go, I can't believe that happened. I just can't believe those cars are up there. And in my way, I mean, we don't, we don't for you, the next 20 minutes. Stop. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, yes. Some of the time it just comes more naturally. Yeah, I mean, we don't think about it, but that's change. And Mm -hmm. we see something ahead that is not what we want, and we make a right turn and choose something else. And we are now totally focused on going over to the next street and driving on that street to wherever our destination is. So in my life, I have a destination called happy or peace of mind or success or love or, you know, relationship or community. I have a goal. I have a destination. Why do I, you know, why do I, why do we as people get so hung up on it has to be this certain way instead of seeing, oh, hmm, that's not working. Let me try something different. And as you were talking, I was just trying to think of the word change connected to choice. Yes. It's a huge connection between those two words, I think. Yeah. We can choose. Well, it does. When we are choosing the change, it, you would assume, you would think, because we chose the change, that we would be easy with it, like making a right turn and going over to the next street. Mm-hmm. And the bigger challenges often are those we don't choose. Although I I know a lot of people, and I can think of two or three situations in my life where, yes, I chose to make this change, but I'm still going kicking and screaming all the yeah. way. Yeah. You know, and I guess some of that, if I dig deeper, that often is because, yeah, I'm choosing this, but I don't like it. It's not really, it wasn't my first choice, or it's not what I really want. <laughs> right, right. And so I'm choosing it, and I'm resentful about it. Um, but in general, yeah, when we choose to change, we just go happily along our way. So two things come to mind. One is 
So uh, obviously we need to talk about, so what's going on with us when we are reacting or responding to outside circumstances that seem to have made the choice for us when an employer lays you off or fires you, when a spouse or partner decides they don't want to be in that relationship anymore, when um, you've been going to a church for a long time and uh, the minister changes and you know, and for whatever reason you just, well, that's a change, whether you stay or whether you go to a find a different spiritual community. I mean, changes that are in reaction to or response to external circumstances, we need to talk about that. And we also need to talk about all of this in the context of saying yes, saying yes to spirit. So even when we make the choice ourselves, you know, I guess what go, comes to mind for me is what role does saying yes to spirit play in my life when I'm making a choice? A choice to change? To change. And I would like to speak more, a little bit more about the idea of when we change in a pattern or in a way, how that ripples out to the people in our lives and how they may or may not be supported. Yes. Because I would like to offer support to people as they change in a positive way, many times it's not well received. Right, because people, they taught people what to expect <clears throat> right. and how to treat them based on how they were. Right. So people don't, yeah, your friends, your family, your employer, anybody who's known you before that change doesn't have any place to put the new behavior. The new behavior. The new behavior. And staying with it through that, through that process, not letting other people changes back, give in to that, you know, stay true to that change when we know it's... Well, isn't that why so many um, so many people who are in 12-step programs, so many people who just, you know, have been through a major life-changing experience, a divorce, a major breakup, something like that, end up intentionally getting new friends or building yeah. new relationships because the people they have relationships with before are either reminding them constantly or, or interacting with them with the expectation that they really, oh, no, really, I know who you really are. Right. You know, the way you behaved five years ago. And so I have to meet new people who both share the same beliefs I share now, and that they're just meeting me already being this person, even though it doesn't feel totally authentic for me. It's who I am choosing to be, how I'm choosing to move toward, what I'm choosing to move toward. And that's all they see is the new you. They don't have a history. Right. So there's more openness to that. Interesting. And change the concept of Change, even good change, is still a process. Let's use the word hard. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Because um, that, I think, can also be a stumbling block. Well, I'm doing all this stuff. It's supposed to be good for me. Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why does it seem like I get, you know, stub my toe at every turn? When is it going to get easier? All these people talking about how great all this stuff is. Oh, oh no. Been there. Been there, done that. And you know, it is, it's like like, like you said, though, every day we are, we do make a lot of different changes along our way that either become irritating or just become part of the human experience and not really defining our day. But to, you know, choose how we experience the change. And to, you know, what is that classic thing, you know, when something really horrible happens, like a loss of a spouse or a job or something happens to us to change, you know, to look at it as that opportunity. It's another one of those words people use. But it really can be a choice to look at it that way. I use that way too much. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago on Facebook, I uh, posted the question, you know, what word or phrase do you 
no, you use just way too much. Mm. You know, like cool beans is probably mine. I use that a lot. And uh, and the word that I put down for myself that day was amazing because oh. I really I do use amazing. <laughs> Because that's, I it's walk through life and things are like really amazing to me. <laughs> but when I thought about it, you know, that's what came to mind that, yeah, you say that like a thousand times a day. Hey. Let's find some other words for that. So that was what I used. But, um, you know, there are a few others that that would creep in there. An opportunity is is one of them. Opportunity in the context of this may not really be what you were planning, but it's such an opportunity. (laughs) You know, or look at the opportunity. And in the diversity work I do, so often people see diversity as this issue that needs to be fixed and, you know, it's a problem. And Uh we, you you only talk about diversity when somebody's done something wrong and you've got to take care of it. And so I do a lot of talking in the work that I do about, okay, that's true. There are times when you need to look at the issue or problem. But let's make a list of all the ways that diversity provides opportunities for you to increase revenue, retain staff, you know, get new customers, deepen your market share, you know, all these different ways that are opportunities to build your business or strengthen your team. And so in the work I use opportunities a lot instead of challenges and in personal conversations I do too. So opportunity, if I ever do that on Facebook again, opportunity may be my word. Your new word not to use. Yeah. Or to choose to ch- to change using. And even, even that, we get in ruts of words we use, routes we take. It's interesting when we make a little change when we choose, to change the way we drive to work, to change, you know, like let's say that I call my mother every Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Well, let's let's call mother on Tuesday night at 7. You know, and just to shift or to change, the routine can be incredibly, well, it's one of two things. <laughs> right. It's either incredibly un- unsettling, you know, it's like, no, don't mess with 10 o'clock on Thursday night, right? I'm hyperventilating. Right? No. Right. Just the idea of it, you know. And that can be kind of a barometer of our mental health on how easily we can reshift or re uh, recreate our days and change them up a little bit. <laughs> and couples, that's a that's a fascinating thing to do with couples and watching them get into routines and get stuck, and then you know just shifting one activity a week to a different night or doing things differently, coming home at a different time, leaving at a different time. It's really interesting to see the dynamic between people when when change when you change as a couple and you change as a family unit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I make my cats go out at a different time every morning, it's really healthy for my relationship with them. And yeah. I change the time that they go outside. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Want it to be about me, really. So this conversation about change. Um, before we take a break, I'm just thinking about in the context of spiritually guided change. Ah. And does that make it easier when you are making a change that you feel is guided by spirit, by God? How do you bring got into the equation mm-hmm. when you're making an important change, a life decision change, do you or do you just do it on your own? When you're trusting your gut and going with intuition, is that a message from spirit? Or are you just doing it from human mind? I don't know. So, so um, I don't know. Let's think about that about where, how spirit comes into these changes that we make in our lives and uh, how we invite that and how we push it away. So we'll take a little break and come back and talk about that.
Welcome back to Just Say Yes to Spirit. See, I said Just Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And uh, as we try to do each week, connecting the topic to the title of the show of Saying Yes to Spirit, how do we say yes to spirit to change? Mm. And if change is spiritually guided or not, um, I have a little devotion I can read on that. Oh, that would be great. There we go. All right. It's called Gentle Tug. Let's go, Dixie. Dixie did not move. I gently tugged on the leash. Got to go, Dixie. Dixie did not move. I tugged not so gently, and Dixie planted her four-inch feet in the grass, leaning against the leash to to stay exactly where she was. I am pet-sitting two adorable dachshunds. Dixie had been sniffing an irresistible blade of grass for more than five minutes. When it came time to leave, she was determined not to move. Finally, I yanked on the leash, giving her no choice but to move on. Looking back, I see how I have planted my feet in experiences and people. I find irresistible. When it comes time to move on and make a change, I don't listen to God's small voice or gentle tug. I think I know better. I have a hunch God's love is always pulling me towards the next best thing. Sometimes I move on and change naturally, and other times I do not. Twelve-step programs have a slogan, let go and let God. I realize today I can choose to let go and let God, or I can choose to lean against the leash of life, forcing it to yank me into the next best thing. Oh, yeah. Been there before being yanked. Being yanked. Yanked along. So that changes you, doesn't it, if you don't, yeah. And I wonder, because I do believe that that spirit, that life, that love, God, is actively working towards my highest good at all times and if I don't pay attention and move in that direction that my experience can be difficult and I think that that is a method that the design of life because it is designed to work freely and smoothly and effortlessly that if I'm not in line with that there there are natural human things that occur that can be very unpleasant that are actually trying in a bigger picture way to pull me back into that natural alignment of good and joy and peace. And um, those, those changes will take place and they'll keep getting bigger, those changes, those, those human experiences, unless I start moving, unless I start giving, going with the leash of life. What are you thinking, Tracy Brown? Well, I'm thinking about, um, so you got a very clear message to write the book, and you got a very clear message to go along a spiritual path, and GodInMyDay.com came out of that, and the Say Yes to Spirit shows come out in alignment with that, and I'm just thinking about the six months when you were clear you were going to write the book, but then you stopped working on it and just kind of put it aside. And then you decided, no, I'm really sure I'm supposed to do this. And now you have a book. Right. Yeah. And it it, it feels smoother, better, easier, even though your external circumstances haven't really changed. Yes. In fact, yeah. And it's spiraling towards, you know, the cliff. But it's interesting is that book has been in my head <laughs> up until now. Um, that book has been in my head for years, years. And the title of the book, the title of the book is, is a rather dramatic title. It's Courage to Kill Myself, One Person's Journey Toward Joy. But I always had the courage to kill myself as the title. And I'm talking for years. And I started it and I went to a writer's, I was going to say a writer's support group, but I went to like a writer's critique group. Ten years ago, and wrote the first two chapters, and then you'll put it aside. And it wasn't until I was fired that I really sat down and 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 had it come to fruition. Fruition is good word. So that was a huge life choice that I didn't choose. I wouldn't have thought, but I I I honestly don't believe that book would have ever have been written if I hadn't been fired. 
and I didn't have the courage to choose to quit my job. That would not ever have entered my mind, you know. So I do believe that was spirit doing for me. There's yanking your leash. Right, right, right. Okay, enough of this over here. Let's yank you over here. And then let's put you in scary enough situations that you really have to get centered, really centered and grounded as you talk about the peace that passes all understanding. And when you've been in that place, everything that comes out as a clear to-do is the book, the website, the helping people connect with spirit and God. Well, yeah. And it is interesting to watch the the process. It would be more interesting if it was someone else besides me, really. But... Uh, <laughs> Living it is 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 is, is 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 what I choose it to be, you know, as the change in every day. It's fascinating to me to watch myself because I have mastered that, and I use that word loosely, but I do that really well. I do have that third eye when I where I can nicely be entertained by myself and watch myself go <laughs> off into this panic of, you know, life is near end. And I'll just, there's a part of me that just steps back and goes, oh, bless her. And she'll come back sooner or later. And, you know, can kind of stay, you know, aware of my surroundings and not become so much a part of my surroundings. Um, but that change that is really pushing me towards ultimately everything good is so cool to see in real time and not to see in retrospect. I have a spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, who lives in Maine, and she has what I call real-time faith. Whatever happens, she has real-time faith. It's going to work out. This is good. This is exciting. And, and, you know, and I have that retrospective faith. You know, when it all works out, it's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew it was going to be fine. <laughs> I knew that somehow knew. it was going to be fine. And all along, I'm eating pie and, you know, planting my legs and sleeping and saying, oh, it's all over, you know. And then when it works out, um, I'm all I'm spiritual like, of course, then, right? Of I'm course, it'll work out. Cause that's that's the way God rolls, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is almost always much easier in hindsight to see how it all fit together, and sometimes it's really difficult to see it happening right now, right here. And uh-huh. are there spiritual practices that help us see change as? Positive in real time? So, of course, let's start with our basic always there every week. <laughs> and that would be meditation. meditation. That uh, The meditation not just grounds us and centers us so we're, we're not in reaction mode and panicking, but when we really are able to meditate, we're receptive. We're more receptive right. to... Seeing, hearing, feeling how it all fits together and and that closeness with the intuition of, oh, that's why this is happening or, oh, that's what that has to do with, you know. So so definitely that. We've maybe mentioned four or five times visioning, not visualization, but visioning and the practice of visioning that when you're going through major changes in your life, using the spiritual practice of visioning to uh, connect in with uh, more from an intuitive level. What are some patterns? What are some things that are that would be coming from this? What's my best and highest good as it relates to this situation? And talk to me about visioning because that is one that I don't really do, but I did about six weeks ago, bought a poster board for a vision board. And I have ceremonially put it on a shelf that I have to see a lot every day to shame myself and not having done the vision for you. <laughs> and I think to myself, see, that's why your life still is circling the drain, Leslie, because you haven't done your vision board. If you would just do your vision board, and then you could visualize what it is and you'd have it. See, but that's not really the point of the vision board. That's really not the point Can you of share the with us the board. vision board? Because that is an interesting thing that I, I really don't know that much about. I think we should have a vision board party Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, wouldn't that be a better ritual and than getting a Christmas tree? <laughs> well, better I... It'd be a change. But I, seriously, let's like have 
That would be a perfect thing to do around like a Thanksgiving day. Yeah. Like that that Friday or Mm -hmm. Saturday and come over and let's do vision boards. It would be a cool assignment for everyone too that's listening or that pulls us up in the archive when you know, because visioning again, talk more about it, but it's specifically a vision board, so I'll be quiet. Okay, two different things. So visioning as a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. um, there are lots of ways to do that. I mean, it's, it is that looking out. But the visioning that I'm talking about as spiritual practices is the visioning process that's used in religious science and in unity, but it's specially adapted from the visioning process developed by um, Michael Beckwith, Reverend Michael Beckwith. Um, and so in that process, it, it's a deeper kind of meditative process, but it asks specific questions, uh, you know, like what is my best and highest good in this situation? Oh, right. It's know, like five questions, that. isn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. And, yeah, but don't there ask is a me because I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. Even so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that is... The subject for class this week. <laughs> really? Are there spirit working There's in your life? So somewhere right. you have those. So but have it me. is specific, like you're saying. There is. It's not just right. sitting around trying to. But the the process does ask the questions, but the process piece is to then come back to not the not you figuring it out. So when you do visioning, you do a series of sessions. You don't do one sit down and meditate and ask the four questions and then, you know, get all the answers and now it's all answered, fixed, and beautiful. The whole point of it is to have a series of sessions so that you then, when you go through what we call the harvesting stage, People don't know the answer, but when you have four or five or six people visioning and they just get these impressions or intuitions, Uh and then you start looking for the patterns. So let's say there were six of us and we were visioning on um, Leslie selling her book, you know, selling a million copies of the book. And so, yeah, you start out with, well, what's the best and highest good for Leslie in, you know, in this process of selling the book? But then when you start asking questions like, you know, what, does, what would Leslie have to give up in order to achieve that? You know, what, like who do you need to be? The process takes oh, you right. through, you know, what you want, who you need to be, what you need to let go of to allow it to happen, and so you know everybody just has these impressions, but you start seeing patterns. And there are things you know at the at the center where people will say, you know, we we were visioning two years ago or three years ago the vision core, the vision group for the church, and you know this just kept coming up, but we didn't really know what it means, what it meant then, and now that we see this outcome, this person donated this or this person has come and is now on the staff. It's like when we were visioning it, we knew there was a pattern, but we didn't know, we couldn't have made it happen because we didn't even understand it. And now we can see that's exactly what it was pointing us towards. So you said something very interesting to me. So visioning is not so much me sitting down and, and, and understanding or figuring it out. Or right or making some sort of plan to get to a goal. Correct. Visioning really is a more of a meditative or contemplative or recepting, recept, receiving kind of time where we are learning maybe what already is the design. You well, know. what is out, what the universe or what God is 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 saying about or is is putting into universal law around that. And so, yeah, when we talk about the visioning process in religious science uh-huh. and in New Thought in general, when we are talking about a receptive, a receiving of intuition and ideas from the universe or from God or from spirit. 
And that's very different than the visioning, the vision board. board. That's what I was just about to say. Okay, so that is really, so, yeah. Right. So that's why I said there's two ah, different things. Okay. Vision board or treasure map, some of the um, some of the past um, writers and speakers around positive thinking and metaphysics talked about them as treasure maps. How cute. Since the secret, it's been more referred to as vision board. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I like treasure map. I like treasure map. I still call them the treasure <laughs> oh, map. I think I'm going to say that. Okay. Because it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like I'm choosing what I want to be my treasure, yeah. not just money, but in all aspects yeah. of my life. And mm-hmm. this would be, like, you know, really exciting. Right. But it's directive. If you look for words and images, especially images that make you feel a certain way about what you want in a specific area of your life or for your total life. And those images and words you put on a board, and then you hang it so that you see it day after day after day. You can meditate around it, but you're seeing it. So your brain keeps getting this impression over and over and over again. This is what Leslie wants. Uh And the universe can only say yes. Leslie really wants that. And so it's important with them that they're not just an image like um, like the ocean. Well, it could be. It's what what feeling does the image generate as oh. well as as what is the goal? So, if you were doing a vision board and you were trying to create more peace in your life and change from a very tumultuous situation and more peace and whenever and and the most peaceful place for you would be sitting on a beach or you know on the edge of the ocean then seeing that every day would make you feel peaceful ah, and you would engender work. more peace okay but yeah so in that sense it's the feeling quality that's as important as what is the image ah okay so I, what I was thinking about was a friend of mine who has said for a long time that she wants to get married. And so she did a vision board, and on the vision board she had a picture of a couple, you know, from a from a bride's magazine or something. Right. And they were um, an attractive couple and... You know, anyway, that's the picture she saw, and she said, yeah, I want to get married, so I'm going to put that on my vision board, you know. And then a few months later and a year later, you know, her comment was, I don't even know why these vision boards, they don't work. You know, I haven't even met anybody. I haven't even been on, like, a date, and it's been almost a year. Look at this stupid couple. Exactly. So, but, you know, what I noticed about and what we ended up having a conversation about was number one, the couple, they were beautiful. They were very young. I mean, well, they looked like they were in their 20s, and this woman at the time was in her late 40s. The couple was um, a Caucasian couple, and this woman was a woman of color who, you know, and every time she looked at the picture, because I asked her, so what do you think, what do you, what do you think when you see that picture? What do you picture? feel? Well, I, said, well, I asked her, what did you think? Because she's in her head. So I said, what do you think when you see that picture? You know, you see it almost every day. And she said, basically, this is not a quote, but she thought things like, you know, well, of course they're married. They're young and beautiful. And, <laughs> you know, and look at that. I would never wear a dress like that. When I get married, I'm going to wear blah, 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 oh, you know, that that dress was not a dress that she liked. And, you know, look at them. They're white, but there are no, you know, black men in my age group available. So every time she was seeing the picture, she <laughs> was having a whole different yeah. opposite conversation in her head. And not feeling good about that could be her in that picture. Mm-hmm. So it was the wrong picture. Mm-hmm. So just any picture representing, right. you know, wedding or getting married, you know, she would have done better to have a single person who looked really happy and thinking, when I get married, that's how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. You know, or two individual people or just the guy she wanted to, you know, who would remind her of the kind of man she wants to marry. But she saw wedding, wedding gown, that's the 
picture. So vision boards are very directive. Right, right. But visioning is very receptive. And they both give us pointers to a change. Right. But one we're directing and one we're being receptive of hearing what is. Right. And the visioning is a process multiple times. Um, I mean, I'm sure it can happen that you could do one vision session, one visioning session, and get some really powerful insights, especially if it's, you know, just about you, and you are doing the visioning, but the power of it is having a group of people having a series of sessions and then looking for the patterns that come up when people who are not you, right? you know, are just getting these impressions. Because sometimes what happens is we get in our own way. Oh, you yeah. know, we get that intuition. <laughs> we get that intuition. And we think spirit's telling us something, right. but then we go through all the reasons why well, it couldn't be that, or oh, you know, I don't want to hear that, or well, the other people who are visioning with you, it gives you know spirit an avenue to get the information to you that you might block out, uh-huh. given your own control. Right, right, right. So, and you said something interesting in terms of with the vision board. Once you really, once I really define it and put it in a frame where I'm looking at it and it's going in my brain every day, spirit has no choice but to say yes to what I'm visioning, what I see day after day, and at the same time, then the visioning is me saying yes to spirit as I get these impressions or these intuitions of what I need to do. So it's a sort of a circular. Me saying yes to spirit, spirit saying yes to me, and the more that grease, that wheel that gets greased, the more efficient and effective I get at saying yes. Spirit says yes back, I say yes, spirit says yes back, and it's almost like this train kind of thing in my mind of this, you know, then it just starts going. I love that, and I love the image of that. I say yes to spirit, spirit says yes to me. I say yes to spirit, spirit says yes to me. I just love It's interesting, isn't it? Love that. And the locomotive because you see when you when a train starts going, you know, it's kinda of slow and it kinda of sputters and it kinda of goes and then as it starts going faster and faster and faster. Yeah, I'm sticking with that one. Because that is really in in all along my day I have choices to say yes to spirit. Spirit will always say yes to me. <clears throat> but you know, it's my choice whether I'm saying yes to spirit and and I think that's what creates the juice to the oil to the getting it going is my saying yes and yes. And and, yes. and in my saying, in the my saying yes, and each one of us saying yes, we're also affirming and confirming. Yes. Yes, that really is what I want. Right. Yeah, I know sometimes I'm wishy-washy, but no, yes, that's what I really want. Yes. Yeah, day 345, yes, this is still what I want. Yes. I'm not wavering from that, where so much when we are, um, we think we know what we want, or we're we're just going through our day every day. I mean, I'm really guilty of this. I go through my day all the time just doing all the stuff I'm doing and totally lose track of what I've said my three biggest intentions are for the year. Mm. Wow. You know, and then I'll realize, wow, I really haven't done anything in two weeks related to that intention. But in January, I was really clear that that was a big umbrella. And I might be able to list a lot of little things that fit under that umbrella, some of which have been have become a habit as I've gone through the year, many of which are like, oh, wow, yeah, good thing I said yes to spirit because spirit was driving that train today, not me. All right. But when you have the vision board or the treasure map and you see it every day, it is. It's like even if you just look at it for a minute, it's that impression uh-huh. again of this is what's important. And I hadn't really thought about it. And when I said it a few minutes ago, I was really just kind of off the top of my head. But, yes, Thanksgiving weekend. It's time oh, for me to do a perfect time of year. It's time to do uh, for me to do a new vision board. So you're invited. I love it. I love it. You're yeah. invited, and we'll invite a couple of other people and pull out all the 
stacks of magazines and newspapers and scissors and markers and yeah, I've never done that. I've never had that experience. Oh well, oh, I'm in for a treat. Yes, and that's we, a that's another uh, uh, spiritual practice, the spiritual practice of community. You know, yeah. and I think um, I know I take that so for granted. Um, because I have such a strong community now around me and people, you know, encouraging me. But it is really challenging sometimes to stay in the courage to stay in change and to choose to see this is an opportunity, not a horrible train wreck of a thing. You know, the community, the experience of that is um, really powerful. This is preparation, not punishment. Tracy wrote something down. Preparation, not punishment. Oh. Yeah, when we're in times of change. I like that. That's my, that's going to be a oh, book title. That. Oh, that's cool. Prayers and poems and journaling around this change wow. cycle. That Yeah, it feels like it's, like I'm being punished because this is being taken away and this isn't working and this isn't, but you know, it's not. It's the journey, and it's the preparation for wherever I'm going to end up. For the next time. It's not punishment because I didn't do anything to create this problem, quote unquote. It's not even a problem. It's preparing me for whatever is next. So, and it is it is very empowering to look at our life as a as a as kind of a learning. Ground or a garden where we can plant the seeds, and that, you know, that gives us empowers us to understand that these changes, even though they seem very arbitrary in the moment and seem very out of our control, it, it, when I can really shift my frame to understand and to really believe that the deck of cards is loaded in my favor, you know, this is contrary to anything I would want or think I need, but really, you know, there's something here, and to look at it from that frame of you know, this is preparation, this is this is good. It does shift everything. So as we draw change to a close, we um don't really have much of a homework homework. We don't have any uh things to do to help ourselves. But maybe in doing the visioning board, um, if people want to comment on uh, if they've done a vision board before, I would love to hear uh, written comments or read comments of people that have had positive experience doing a visioning board. If you can go online and send us a comment, that'd be very cool. That would be very cool. And in the meantime, visit us at at godinmyday.com. And if you're interested in Leslie's new book, there's a link on godinmyday.com where you can order the it's like kind of the artist proof of the <laughs> yeah. book. It's the limited edition before final editing. Okay. Uh-huh. So if you want a limited edition, this would be the time to buy it. If you wait till next month, you'll be buying the edited version and paying an extra couple of dollars for it. <laughs> it won't be nearly as much fun. It won't be nearly <laughs> as much fun. You're right. Um, and then we'll be back. Talking about anger. Oh, wow. Anger and how saying yes to spirit can help you deal with anger. We might even talk about what do you do when you're angry with God. Love that. So have a fabulous week and just keep saying yes Yes. to spirit. I don't mean to be so uptight, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be.
With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.